My name is Eric Bumgardner, and I am so glad to be with you this evening at St. David's, celebrating the gift of freedom found in recovery. There is truly no end to how cool I think it is that we do this. And somehow I feel it is like entirely appropriate that we are in this place talking about these things and we could hear the music from Sixth Street next door. And somehow I feel at home in both places. It's a paradox. Before I get rolling on this uh, part of the party, I wanna make a couple of conditional points to frame my comments, or maybe I should say frame our context of what we're gonna talk in. I try to do this anytime I get the opportunity to talk about the 12 steps, uh, particularly in a religious setting. So I do this so hopefully we are on the same page with some terms, and they both have to do with authority issues of which I will confess I have more than a few. The first point is about who's in charge. And so I will say that no one person speaks for any recovery program. When I talk about recovery, I'm not speaking to you on behalf of any specific organization or by virtue of any office. If you look in your bulletin on the front page, my name appears there, but without any letters behind it. I have no degrees, no bona fides to assure you of my credibility to be up here tonight. I'm just a guy, albeit I'm a guy wearing this robe with some pertinent experience and who said yes when asked to speak, but that's about it. The second point I wanna make is about God. And when speaking of God, the 12 steps uses the term God as we understood him. God as we understood him so that anyone, anyone regardless of their faith or tradition or lack thereof can make a declaration of their willingness to believe in God's presence and therefore affect the beginnings of a relationship. So when you hear about God in relation to recovery, it is God as you understand God, not as I understand God or as the church understands God or how you were told you needed to understand by God by somebody else who told you about God. It's just how you understand God however full or limited that understanding is. However, I'm up here in a robe. This is not a recovery meeting. We're all in a church. And so we're using specific names and titles and attributes for God. But since I'll reference specific programs and groups, I hope this helps with some context in regards to understanding where the church and recovery philosophy are in common and maybe more importantly, where they are distinct from each other. So with that, I wanna offer my sincere thanks to Mason Terry and to Carol Petty for asking me to participate in the celebration tonight and for y'all for being here. It is truly an honor for me to stand up here and share what I think is our common admiration for a man that I've never met, but who has greatly impacted my life and by extension, the life of my family. I am so grateful that the church counts Sam Shoemaker among the saints whose example we are called to emulate. So thank you both. Now, I know we just heard from readings from scripture and we politely listen and we nod our heads and sometimes, maybe more like often in my case, sit in silence 
wondering if any of this is real. Who was Isaiah? Who was Jesus? Did Jesus really heal people? Are these stories, are they history? What are they saying to me and what does it mean? And what does it mean? Does it mean the same things as what they meant when they originally said it or wrote it? So I would say that this wrestling with scripture can be a highly individual experience. But when the priest or the deacon calls us to participate in the liturgy or pray, it's like, bing, when the pilot comes on over the loudspeaker to those of us in coach and just says, sit back, relax, enjoy the flight. Your beverage service will begin in a moment. That bing, to me, it's like my cue to turn off the wondering, wrestling part of my brain that's trying to figure out the flight manual, even though I'm not even the pilot, and just relax. The pilot just hit the autopilot switch, so I just need to get in line with all of y'all and follow along as you stand and you kneel and you cross yourselves and you bow, etc., etc. I can just check out. But in this particular branch of the church, we hold our prayers in common. We say them together. And sometimes we say them so much that one can feel like we can just recite them by rote without any thought or intention. We're flying on autopilot. The seatbelt sign is off, so we're just smooth sailing, which I think is beautiful. But thank God we did a pre-flight check before we took off. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open. All desires known and from you, no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. Maybe this is a familiar prayer to you and maybe it isn't. Maybe you're flying on autopilot and maybe you're struggling with the flight manual and I'm gonna flog this poor airplane metaphor to death. But I invite those of you who are familiar with this prayer, for whom this prayer is in your bones, to hear it with the eyes, the eyes, hear it with the ears of a newcomer. As if you were saying the words for the first time yourself. And I invite you to listen to yourself. Listen to what you were asking. And it is no wonder we say, what an order. This prayer is hundreds of hundreds of years old. It appears in one form or another in Eastern rites, Latin rites, and English rites. This prayer is called the Collect for Purity. It's a prayer that collects all of our individual intentions, all of our reasons, all of our struggles, all of our wishes, desires, and dreams. And from all the hearts that are in this room and online, makes us one body. 
we are united. With this prayer, we also recognize the commonness of our human condition. Fallen, broken, wounded, selfish, stupid, and cruel. Hopeless. As we say this prayer together, our welfare becomes common and paramount. We bind ourselves together in, in hope as if we were like a group of erstwhile individuals on an airplane hurtling through the air at 500 miles per hour, more than five miles from the earth. And together, together, we believe that we are going to get to Cincinnati. How do we do it? How do we come together? How do we stay together? Lean on each other, rely on each other, and love each other as if our whole life depended on it. It seems paradoxical. It also seems kind of weak and against the whole Texas grain of being told that my success truly depends on your success. My mutual welfare is bound up in each other. I am told to not be a go-it-alone, rugged individualist, to admit that I need you, to say, please help me. Almighty God, to you, my heart is open. All my desires are known, and from you, I can hide nothing. And I am dying as I try to go it alone. And yet I am too proud to admit it. I'm too afraid to admit it. But if I can admit it, with God's help and with your example, admit to my powerlessness, then a light appears in the dark. And it is faint. God is it faint sometimes, but it is light. And it is faith. It is a fellowship of the ordinary folks who are seated and coach around you with a common problem and a common solution. And it is no longer I who is lost and alone, but it is we, it's us together. As Mason told us from the bio that's in your bulletin, Sam Shoemaker was a highly influential priest in the Episcopal Church. He was known for empowering the laity, which is you and I, for ministry. And he revitalized Calvary Church's rescue mission as a safe harbor for New York's down and out during the Depression. And importantly, the mission was visited by Bill Wilson, who was a destitute and drunken stockbroker. And Wilson became friends with Shoemaker and learning from Reverend Sam went on to have his own spiritual awakening, sobering up after years of alcoholic torture. Now, Wilson feared returning to alcohol and felt that he must share his experience if he was to live freely. He must share it if he's to live. So this sharing of experience with other alcoholics had an electric effect that not only kept Wilson sober, but it opened the door for alcoholics everywhere to begin their own spiritual journeys and what became the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. And Wilson later said it was from Sam Shoemaker that we absorbed most of the 12 steps. 
steps that express the heart of AA's way of life. Sam passed on the spiritual keys by which we were liberated. So in full disclosure, I am 47 years old and I'm trying not to be too bummed out about getting older, but I guess it beats the alternative. However, there was a time in my life where I wasn't on track to make it to 25, at least not on this side of some bars. The sun was setting. And as the sun was setting, all those who had any who were sick with various kinds of diseases brought them to him. And he laid his hands on each of them and cured them. My friends, it is by your faith and by the faith of others and the commitment of others that I am brought to health, that we are brought to health. And what a gift that is to be for one another and to share that with one another. In a few more minutes, we're going to make another prayer together. And it's another one of those prayers that can be an autopilot type of prayer. But in that prayer, I invite us to listen with new ears to what we are asking for. In this prayer, we are going to ask to be led not into temptation and to be delivered from evil. And so I sit and think, is my prayer wishful thinking? Is God even listening? I can't answer that. But I know that I've probably said this prayer more times than I can count. And I know that at 21 years old, I was led not into temptation, but I was led to you. And I was not delivered unto evil, but I was delivered here. I was led to a 12-step program, and I was delivered unto recovered people. And I was no longer alone. The founding of Alcoholics Anonymous is not celebrated on the success of one individual staying sober. It is marked on the date that a second individual stayed sober. In sharing ourselves, the I became the we. The gift of recovery was passed from one to another, and in that passing, we became one with each other and were brought to health. And such is the church. And frankly, such is life. Life seems to be a we program. And we're so glad you chose to get on board. Welcome to Cincinnati. Amen. <laughs>